I'm back. Okay, so before I give you the rest of my story, I want to pose a self-reflection question. My podcast is called With My Last Breath for a Reason. You see, I'm medically dying every day, according to doctors. Some days the cancer's under control. Some days we are winning. The cancer is shrinking and disappearing. And then other days the cancer multiplies and spreads. It's crazy. It's unpredictable. But I'm winning. My family and I, we triumph every single day. God is the center of my life and he is truly my every breath. I try to exercise three or four times a week. Most of those days, I'm supernaturally fueled and I can run, believe it or not. Yes, I can run. It's exhilarating to say the least. The Holy Spirit literally carries me and he is my breath. It's hard to explain and I will continue that explanation throughout my podcast if you keep tuning in. Anyhow, my question is, what would you do with your last breath? There are so many good, even great answers to this question. But I want you to answer this question every morning before you start your day. After you say, good morning, Holy Spirit, of course. That's what I do every morning. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Your answers may be different every day, and that's okay. I want you to live. It's April 2016, the year I'm turning the big 4-0. My oldest child is a senior and has a few great opportunities to continue her basketball career at the college level. I have a great job. I'm being groomed to be the next COO. My husband has a good job. He's in the middle of getting his business degree. My other two children are in high school and they're living their best life. I have been in some pain. I have some pain in my upper right shoulder area. I thought it was a strained muscle because I had started to lift again because, you know, I'm turning 40. I don't want to look 40, so I started lifting. Of course, every 40-year-old goes through it, right? But the pain had become more constant, and in response to a strong recommendation from my loving, overbearing, caring husband, I went ahead and scheduled the physical. The day appointment came, and my physician finds a lump. She tells me to schedule a mammogram, especially since I'm turning 40 and she does not like the way it feels and she does not like the way it looks. I reluctantly comply. At first it was nothing, so I pushed my appointment back. I pushed it back a week because we were getting a new CEO and I was on a mission to be impressive. Boy, did that go wrong in a million ways. That story later, I promise. As days go by, I become a little worried Weekend comes and I worry more, so I decide to move the appointment up. If you know me, then you know I am as strong as a lion and as stubborn as a mule. I head to this regular checkup by myself. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? It's the first mammogram. Everyone has one, right? I get to the breast center and I would be lying if I didn't say I was just a little bit nervous. Everything goes according to plan until the technician makes a face and she calls for help. I am then moved to the sonogram room and in walks a friend from high school. Wow, this is all of a sudden very uncomfortable. I'm topless laying on a table so you can play with my breast. She was an absolute sweetheart. And then she makes a face. Yep, time to call in the doctor. And now it's his turn to play with my breast. 
calm down. Yes, I know Jesus. Chill out. I have to laugh about this. My family has to laugh about it. And sometimes we're even a little bit morbid. Ask the people around us. Anyhow, they leave the room together. They come back in together just to say, I've seen this many times, Mrs. Salinas, and I'm 99% sure it's cancer. Awkward pause. My response? Great. What's the plan? What am I looking at here? I'm an organizer. I'm a planner. I attack the day. So that was my question. They stand there together in shock and ask if I need a minute. They need a biopsy. Would you like for us to call your husband or we can schedule this for tomorrow? I look at them with a smile and I say, nope, let's just get it done. I'm naked. I've been poked and prodded all day. So let's just get this done. And I'm kind of laughing, trying to ease the tension in the room. The doctor looks at me and says, do you need a minute, Mrs. Salinas? I can step outside. I looked at him with what I hope he saw. I hope he saw that it was fire and faith in my eyes and in my face. And I said, thank you, but I'm fine. I'm a believer and I just want to get this over with and I want to get a plan together. He smiles and he says, okay. Then the technician asks, can I pray with you before we do that? And I said, of course, absolutely. We prayed and then we proceeded to the table to get a couple of pieces of the tumor. I get dressed and everything seems blurry from time from the time I put my clothes on to the time I open the door and the fresh air hits me. Wait a minute. Did that just happen? The Holy Spirit draws close and whispers, yes, I've got you. Just breathe. I proceed to make four phone calls. I get in my car and I can't, I can't call my husband yet because I don't have that adrenaline yet. And I knew that was going to be a tough call, a tough conversation. So I called my eldest sister who kept texting me from the moment I woke up that day to the time I drove up to the breast center. Jeez, I thought, let me get her off my back. I call her, I tell her, she immediately begins to cry and then just all of a sudden she changes mid conversation and she says don't worry d don't even worry about it god's got this and i said okay i hang up with her um well i told her okay sister i know i have to call rich so after i got it out and i realized it was really happening and i really did have cancer i dialed my husband next i don't even remember how the conversation went then I call the father of my children to prepare him for what my kids may need in the next several days and asked him not to repeat a word of it to anyone until we found out more. And then I call my best friend in New York, Brandy. She is my soulmate and the second mother to my children. She is instantly in plan and question mode and getting on a plane. I put a stop to such thinking and I say, let's just wait. Let's wait until I need you because I know I'm going to need you. I know it was hard for her to not get on that plane, but I made her wait. I get in the car and I just start talking to God about what's happening and why. So my mom has always taught us when you're in the valley, when something happens, you always reflect and you ask God, what are you trying to teach me? What do I need to learn from this? So I'm not mad. I'm not even scared for some reason. I'm in the car and I'm driving to the plant where my husband works because my instructions when I was on the phone with him, were to stop by and see him before I get home. 
So I turn up the worship in the car and I just let my spirit worship because that's all I can do. I know nothing else. And believe me, that's all that happened. There was no screaming, no crying. It was just worship. I'm driving into my small hometown and I stop to see my husband. I put my car in park and I get out. He's waiting for me. He's standing there waiting for me. He embraces me and finally I cry. And I just cry. I'm loved, I'm not alone, and I am safe. I will continue the rest of the story on my next episode. But for now, I want you to think about what happens to people all over the world every day. They get bad news, something traumatic happens, they lose a loved one, and then ask yourself, what would I do with my last breath? If I knew that my last breath was coming, what would I do with it? As for me and my sweet little family, we are living. We are living with stage four breast cancer. I am tired some days, I'm exhausted other days, but I smile, I laugh, I eat, I shop, I gossip, I preach, I teach, I live. I live with every breath. I am living in and through God's glorious grace. So would you live with me? After listening to just the beginning of my story, would you decide to live?